Street Fight listeners, how are you doing? Guys, gals, non-binary pals, that's right, it's Sunday night, it's time for a street fight. We're here live on twitch.tv slash streetfightradio where you can jump in, join the conversation, um, talk to people, get emojis, do all that fun stuff. Uh, we are taking calls tonight, as usual. Number to dial is 614-655-3887. And we want to hear from you. What's going on in your world? How's the new year been? Uh, what's going on at work or school? Let us know what's up. We're here to talk. Uh, for the next two hours, we'll be taking your calls. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We've been doing this for 10 years now out of Columbus, Ohio, on WCRS FM LP 92.7 or 98.3. If you're inside 270 here in Columbus, Ohio, that's the outer belt. If you don't know what that means because you're not from here. Uh, if you want more of what we have to offer, head over to patreon.com slash streetfightradio where you get access to years of bonus content. For $5 a month, get you access to three volumes of Shocktober. Um, 100 million tons of steel, Kid Rock podcast, so many million amazing things. And now with the I'm Sorry podcast uh, that Brian just did with Josiah uh, from the Hell World and uh, Blink 155 podcast, it was uh, really funny. I listened to it this week. So you're going to want to get in there uh, and listen to I'm Sorry. How'd you feel about uh, Melly Vanilli? Um... <laughs> I remember at the time it seeming like a big scandal. It seemed it did like kind of take over a lot of stuff. I know. I want to know what was going on. Yeah. That what were they covering now, up? It had, there had to be something, dude. Do you remember? It was like, this is so weird. It's really fun to tell young people this stuff because we're a little, we're, we're like a touch, we're old. And we remember when one news story would last seven days. And like, yeah, I mean, people would to, go to the work or they would ride the bus and they would argue with someone about it all day on Monday and then refresh their argument and come back on Tuesday <laughs> and do it all the way, all the whole week long. Yeah, we would, we would just, there would be like one news story going on and we'd all fucking be talking about it forever. Yeah. And look, then, Billy Vanilli, like I was legit pissed off at them in 1990. I don't know why now in 2022, I'm looking back at 1990. Brian, first of all, I was 11 years old, but I was so mad. And 11 years old is before you even know the concept of selling out or an industry plan or anything like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I was all of six years old and I was like taking my hat and throwing it on the ground and being like, have some goddamn integrity, okay? <laughs> You're in a lucky goddamn position. You need to earn your place. You need to be able to sing, goddamn it. Yeah. But I loved Millie Vanilli. I loved them before that. I mean, I loved I the song and they were cool. I mean, they're the type of guys that, you know, I, that, uh, I aspire to be. I think you could do it now. I think it's fair that somebody should just fucking do it again. Or if uh, maybe even better way to talk about it is that somebody probably has done it. You know what I mean? Like somebody could fucking be doing Millie Vanilli and learned everything they could from Millie Vanilli to not get caught being Millie Vanilli. The gorillas. You know what I mean? Gorillas did it. 
Yeah, people did bring up gorillas. I think even Josiah brought up gorillas. And it's like, yeah, really? that's, yeah that's kind of the same thing, though, right? Although gorillas, it okay, I can make this case that gorillas is actually wrong. If Millie Vanilli's wrong. I'm going to do it real quick here. I got one for you. So gorillas is the cartoon character, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're... The, the cartoon characters on the screen are gorillas. Well, those cartoon characters are not singing. Okay. It's a guy that's singing. <laughs> uh-huh. So in order for them to be, if they want a Grammy, it would have to be the cartoon singing or the guy winning the Grammy. Because the yeah. cartoons have to be singing. Because that's the law with Millie Vanilli. And they made those dudes give their fucking Grammys back. I think it's incredibly unfair. And I think we should also fucking, there's one guy left surviving from Millie Vanilli. And I would love it if everybody would just be like, hey, you know, give them their Grammy back. Give that dude his Grammy back and the other guy's posthumous Grammy back. Yeah, I, um, but so the other thing is we, we didn't really, they never really brought out the guy that really sang. Like, shouldn't they have they brought the real guy out so we could have been like, oh, yeah, we love this guy's music. This is the guy we want to hear sing. Oh, um, okay. They, Oprah interviewed him in 2018. I saw on the, the, uh, up the, the uh, suggested stuff on YouTube when I was watching the apology uh -huh. of Millie Vanilli and Oprah interviewed the guy, one of the guys that was Millie Vanilli's voice and oh. asked him. The funny thing is, is she asked him a crazy question. She's like, why didn't you tell on Millie Vanilli? And it's like, because I ain't no fucking snitch, dude. What the hell? I was getting paid money to sing and I don't have to go out and do all this. Yeah, it's it's not a bad spot. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think I, I, I think pretending that you can sing is kind of whack. Um and taking somebody's voice but i think if you're upfront about it like if somebody's like i don't want to be a rock star i can actually sing i just want to sit sit on the couch though you know yeah. but these people are willing to go out there and dance and pretend like this is way you know like it's something else they take you the vision and, and expand upon it right and you almost like they the only way you're allowed to be that guy that you're describing the guy that's like I can sing I like singing I want to sing I don't want to perform it the only way you can get away with doing that is if you performatively do it like like uh what's her name Sia right doesn't she yeah. go on stage like and make a big deal out of like covering her face so people can't see what she looks like and then does the songs like you have to perform i don't want to be a rock star in order yeah. to be that person <laughs> you can't just be get by on your voice yeah yeah because that i mean that happened with cnc music factory too they were they were getting caught left and right back in the 90s yeah i i don't know that's one of those that's kind of, that's one of those things where i don't it's just more polite to just it's pretend like you didn't see it and just have fun at the concert. Just keep singing blame it on the rain. You know, now we don't get to listen to blame it on the rain anymore. Cause it's been like X out of history. Like it's some sort of steroids win or something, but like that song mm -hmm. should be, still be on rotation. I actually feel like I, I said this on the bonus show too. Uh, I've been to a lot of concerts. I have been to iconic concerts that like people talk about, you know what I mean? Like, 
like Woodstock 99 and, and I went to that Family Values tour and I went to a, a OzFest where there was a riot and all that. I've been to these like concerts, right? I think the one I wish I would have been at was that concert where their tape messed up and like skipped back and they had to stand on stage and pretend like they were singing. It's the same thing with Ashley Simpson on on SNL. Like I really wish I was there for when Ashley Simpson was on SNL and got caught lip syncing and everybody got mad at her. And these, I mean, it is hard to explain also the analog days because this was at a time, there's probably someone that stood up and was like, now what in the Sam Hill is going on right now? <laughs> oh, we demand answers. We paid good money for these tickets. Yeah. Before the internet, like if the internet had been around then, it would have been on Twitter in like five seconds. Yeah. And people would have been on both sides of the argument. Yeah. But like, that's something I was thinking about all week last week was like, they talk about cancel culture now. Like people are getting canceled all the time now or whatever. And like back then, like we couldn't cancel some people couldn't cancel somebody right back then. Like you, you had to have a job on the radio or in the news and you actually had to be really popular too. Like you couldn't just be a radio guy and be like, ah, this person, you know, this person won't get the vaccine. He's, He's a piece of shit. Like you couldn't even do that. You had yeah. to be a popular radio guy. And like, or you so had to have people like actually be willing to boycott you. Like you had to have actually people go in the streets and like cr weird Christian people burn your records or something. Yeah. But now it is like a, it's not just a small group of gate keepers doing the canceling. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. now it's not like, um, it's not like, ABC, CBS, Fox, and CNN, or, or whatever. They're not in the radio shows. Like, they aren't in control of it now. And we, it's, they see it as a social media mob. But, like, they were canceling people a lot. Like, growing up, you think about the people that got canceled when you were growing up. Think about, he didn't get canceled, but in the traditional term of what they call canceled, Hugh Grant was canceled for a period and had to go on TV and apologize for going to a sex worker. Yeah. That's literally all he did. That's it. Right. Winona Ryder had to publicly apologize at a press conference for shoplifting. And yeah. <laughs> they're yelling at us about cancel culture. Pee Wee Herman. Yes, he didn't do nothing wrong. I mean, you shouldn't jerk off in public. You know what? I'm going to walk that back just a touch. He didn't do nothing wrong because I don't think you should jerk off in public. But I think I that's why people are there. You know, I wouldn't go to that place and not expect to see that. That's what I'm saying. I feel it's a set that, like, setting thing, but it's a one place. That's that's like it's such a rare thing for there to be a place where you're allowed to jerk off in public. But, he, but and that's he was the at the one one. Yeah. He was at the one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And they fucking, they, they fucking raked him across the coals. That guy didn't work for like five or six years. Forever. Dude. I don't think ever. I don't. When did he come back? Blow. He was in blow. Do you remember? Oh how yeah. He was in, in blow. And that was like the beginning of people being like Pee Wee Herman didn't do nothing wrong. It yeah. took a long fucking time though. That was like probably almost a decade before blow between getting caught jerking off and blow. They took his fucking TV show away. Oh you yeah. Know those Kid, he wasn't jerking off on the TV show. Right. Yeah. Kids, like you, you can't be around kids and sexual. 
If you catch, if your kids caught Pee Wee Herman jerking off at the porno theater, then you're in trouble. Yeah, you, yeah. Him. That's negligence yeah. on your behalf. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It, it, and they yell at us because we're like, well, they're, Joe Rogan has millions of fucking listeners and he's telling them not to get the vaccine, which is like detrimental to public health. And they're like, why are you canceling this man? It's like, what the fuck, man? Right. You were canceling everybody. It was so fun to cancel people back in the day. You were just having the time of your fucking life. But now that we can cancel you, it's a fucking problem. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I love it. I love it. I think it's, I, 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 the I'm sorry thing is really blowing my mind. Cause I am, I mean, that one, there was a mayor, I think in, in New Jersey that had to just apologize. He said, I'm a gay American. Like he apologized for being gay. Oh, McGreevy. McGreevy. Yeah. He yeah. apologized just for like, he was just gay there and they were cheating was, on I, his wife, but still. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like t-shirthell.com came out with like a really homophobic shirt like the day after that fucking happened. Oh yeah. They I mean they were brutal. That actually t-shirt hell had the first 9/11 joke t-shirt. Yeah, that I ever saw. Hot it off said, the presses. It, it was the I Heart New York, but instead of a heart it was an airplane. And like I <laughs> I, I might have canceled t-shirt hell back then. I got kind of mad about that. Like I remember really? you were offended? At it and be like, yeah. I just was like, I can't believe somebody would make this 300 or 3000 people died in that, you know, and you're just really bad about it. But, but it is <laughs> now I'm like, it's a very funny shirt and it's very funny that they put it out in like 2003. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really aggressive, <laughs> but they were really going for it. If you wore them in pu it, oh, like, yeah. my buddy, uh, a friend of ours wore a bunch of t-shirt health t-shirts. And it's just like, I might have bought one. I had one, but it, I had one, but it a was soft fucking, one. Oh, it was the softest boy t-shirt of all time from t-shirt. It's almost, it's embarrassing for me to tell you which t-shirt hell t-shirt I had. Uh, it was a picture of George W. Bush and it said, not my president. Oh, well, that's not, that's, a, that's all right. I mean, it's good politics. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like if you're going to the offensive T-shirt website, right? And that's what you come out with. It's that's kind of bad. a let's go, Brandon, of the time. <laughs> let's go, Brandon. Uh, that Kid Rock song was pretty good. You, you, you've been thinking about that? No, later. I listened to Nobody Gonna Tell Me How to Live More. The I don't. He got the the new one is just too like too hateful. I just love monster trucks so I do much. Too. He adds you know? a lot. I mean, he's a coward or whatever. I, I, I don't respect him. <laughs> like I don't respect monster truck, but I like kind of think that he's like, it's kind of like his voice really worked for the kid rock song. It's, so. I mean, yeah, it had, I mean, it's just great timber and tone and it's just like cracks through the air, like a, a bolt of lightning. Right. It's the funny voice. He was doing the funny radio voice or, or the funny like butt rock voice. And I think that's what excited everybody about it. I think Kid Rock thought it was the right wing message that uh -huh. got people really excited and wanting to listen to it. But it was really just Monster Truck's voice. That was it. And the fact that his name was Monster Truck. Yeah, we love that. We still love that. I, hey, you know what, man? 
I love the name Monster Truck. It's I mean, it's a really good choice. Really strong choice. I love it. <laughs> I've already looked into some local ones because that Monster Jam takes place at arenas and it's really getting up there. So I started looking into like county fair monster trucks. It's also sports, you know, like they treat I want to see monster trucks do a monster truck like fucking exhibitions. Uh -huh. I don't want my monster truck to be sports. You know what I'm saying? Like I want truckosaurus to be there and, and like it, it's the same thing with ufc although i still think ufc is good but in the like really early days of ufc it was really hard not to watch it you know what i mean because you would just get so excited because you felt like there weren't any rules and it was kind of grimy and kind of dirty yeah and like the, the the guys all looked wildly different and yeah. shit like that it they let exciting. some karate guy come and get his fucking femur broke out there <laughs> By, yeah. by some other very dangerous person <laughs> but monster trucks now are really just like a sport like they're they're they have like a track and they have to meet a certain time and sure they look cool because they're fucking monster trucks but like there was a time when a monster truck show wasn't like a sport where it was like an exhibition of just being like check out this cool shit this monster truck can do and how many cars it can smash yeah but monster jam has evolved the level of tricks that they can do i mean the competition level has pushed their like front flips and back flips and like beyond Wait, anything that flip yeah they do flips now no fucking i've never seen a monster truck do a flip <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. the tightest shit of all time <laughs> And also they make them like, I kind of like it. They make the drivers get out and jump on ATVs and do like a little ATV race or, you know, as well, because <laughs> you have to be like multifaceted driver. You got to be like a, a, like a redneck extraordinaire. You got to be able to, to jump on a, a little dirt bike. You got to be able to jump on an ATV and you got to be able to drive a goddamn monster truck, make it do a flip. Wait. So I need to ask you how this works. It, so you do the monster truck thing right and then mm -hmm. when you're done they will be like uh okay now you got a race on this quad next to a monster truck no 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 everybody's oh. on everybody's on quads together <laughs> okay so that is that is like you really do gotta be like the top redneck in town to win monster jam now i kind of appreciate it well yeah there's if they're, they're they have celebrities now i mean they're they're you know they're all they're in a like a, an actual league so it's the same drivers every time competing you know it is more of a sport than just like maybe uh there's going to be a lot of carnage you know or maybe something's going to fucking break or fly off you know well, I mean, when you go to the local, have you ever been, I don't know if you've ever been to this and if you're in a chat or on the phone, if you've ever been to one, let us know. Have you ever been to a demolition derby? No, they it's still have them. Things. Yeah. I, I've, I, I put them on my calendar last year and I didn't get around to it, but uh national trail still do, does them. And they were doing like a, a Christmas demolition derby or something fundraiser for like toys for tots. <laughs> it was some crazy shit. So I had no idea that uh, I don't know how this happened in my life, but my stepmom, who I'm, I'm telling you, this is not an exaggeration, they don't have friends. My, I said this on the show last week when we were talking about the cruise, my parents don't have friends at all. Uh, somehow had a friend when I was like 11 or something, uh -huh. and her husband was in demolition derbies. 
So we got to go and then also hang out with the drivers and then watch the demolition derby. And truthfully, I felt like uh, royalty being in the like pit for. Oh yeah, <laughs> the paddock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just being in there, I felt like a king. Um, and it is a crazy thing to see in person. Obviously, the cars don't get up to a speed that you think you want them to get up to to hit people. But also, you wouldn't like, want to see someone run into each other at that fast. I mean, that's it makes your stomach turn when you see some of that shit happening. Yeah, I don't want to see somebody die. You're right. You're totally right about that. I'm, I'm, in, I, 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 but at the time, I was like, I wish they would go a little faster. Sure. You know, I'm a kid. A little more oomph. It's actually funny. One of our friends, we, we had to do our Christmas celebration last night because everybody got COVID. Christmas <laughs> and, too. Uh, Christmas too. Um, and some of our friend, we went to one of our friends' house and we we're just kind of talking about what's going on and stuff. And I, I was like, uh, I'm going to go see Jackass this week because it comes out and I love jackass. And one of our friends was like, I, you know, I can't stand to see people get hurt. And I'm like, man, that was like cut out 95% of everything that I want. Yeah. <laughs> I love seeing people get hurt. Yeah. It's pretty interesting to see how they take it. It, it yeah. makes you glad it isn't you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I like, I like being the guy that doesn't get hurt. Uh, super deformed said tractor pools are fun um they i went to one in my life um i am a big fan of noise so obviously i'm gonna like the tractor pools because it is the loudest shit i ever been at in my life um but really i didn't like the part where they were pulling the tractor the 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 uh thing like because i couldn't figure out what it was i didn't quite understand it um, and really all we did was yell because we were very young kids. We were yelling curse words when it was so loud that nobody else could hear us. And that well, was like the big fun thing. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the one I went to had a motorcycle demolition derby. And that was like, I, I mean, it's etched in my mind. My whole life was just that like guys were running into each other on motorcycles and it would hit each other. And then one of them would jump off and they, they'd roll around in the dirt a little bit. Like they would get into a fight, but it wouldn't be like a crazy slobber knocker fight. Uh -huh. I think they were okay. just like kind of putting on a show for the audience. Yeah. Now that I think about it. For sure. Just like, I'm going to go ahead and show you how it's done here. We, we, Oh yeah. I'm so mad about this. And then beats up the other guy and you're like, Oh, fucking great but it was cool i i loved it the the thing my dream is now I, I like my dream event to go see now is absolutely figure eight bus races okay where so they're they use buses and then they they attach a boat to the back of it and the goal is to knock the boat be the last bus with a part of a boat on the back of your bus. <laughs> yeah, I wish there was like figure eight bus rates finder.com or something. You should be able oh, to find it anywhere. Toledo, Night of Destruction. What? There isn't Toledo? Night of Destruction. Oh, this is an old one. Never mind. I, was say, I might move to Toledo if that's the kind of stuff they got going on there. <laughs> Much better than Columbus. The Night of Destruction. <laughs> oh, no, they did it in the 20s. Yeah, they did it in 2020. All right, Night of Destruction. We got to find Night of Destruction. I'm going to, yeah, I'll, I'll put it on my radar. Yeah. I love yeah. the smell of fucking gasoline so much and burnt tires. It's one of my, the best smells. Mm -hmm. 
I've only been to the one thing. I've never, I've been to truck pools. I've been to a demolition derby. Uh, I've never been to a race. I'm interested a little bit. I mean. In what? Like a race. But I don't know what I'm into. I think the thing I like and would enjoy seeing is trucks. Because I'm a big boy who likes him trucks. Okay. <laughs> we see truck races. <laughs> like I'd be way into that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty relaxed thing. Uh, it's not very exciting. Uh, I mean, in person, like in mid-Ohio, they just have like a pair of turns that most people end up just like, you just plop down a chair and you sit outside and just watch them all day. There's like a big-ass TV so you can see what's happening at the rest of the, the track. Um, but Indy, yeah, the Indy 500 is like the one of the best, is probably the best race in the country for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I watched a lot of Indy 500 type shit in my time. Uh, but um, yeah, the ovals make sense. I get like people make fun of American ovals, but as a spectator, it is much nicer when you can just see where everybody's at. We should let's go down to uh, let's go down to Kentucky. They do dirt track racing near Tom. We can go definitely go to a dirt track race with Sean, with Tom. Okay, yeah, I've looked them up. Dirt track racing. Yeah, it's I mean way that sounds fun. up my alley. It's tiny. There's lots of rubbing. Um, they go fast as fuck. There's they go end over end. It's fun. Nice. Yeah, I'd love to try it. Uh, do we got any calls? Yeah, we got quite a few. I am going to run and get my weed so you can answer a call. I'll be right okay. back. It's in just the room next to me. That's fine. All right. Let's see who we got here. Oh, I believe I know. Yep, we I know who we got here. Uh, ben from Starbucks. How's it going, Ben? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for calling in. Can you hear me? You live at Starbucks, Ben? Yeah. Yeah, this is Starbucks. I'm calling to talk about the union because my store just went public with our union. Where are you at? Part of the country. I mean, um, you I'm don't have to tell me exactly which Starbucks you're at. Um, what was that? It's all over the internet now, so it doesn't really matter. But um, we're actually in Ithaca. We're uh, kind of close to Buffalo. We're kind of like right above nice. the border of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, we just went public with our union uh, about like five days ago, right in the midst of everybody else announcing. And uh, it's been exciting. Oh, yeah. It's been a lot. Yeah. Um, how's it going I don't know like what, what's the, been the reaction with bosses um it's been pretty interesting uh the day after we announced that we were starting a union like three or four different corporate bosses we've never met came to our store tried to start fixing everything Whoa. that we've been begging them to months and just being overly nice to us Wearing pride shirts. Oh, what? So, so like <laughs> they started cleaning out. They started fixing the freezers that doesn't work anymore, and taping shit up, getting fans, all yeah. that. Yeah, they actually. Uh, my on Friday when I was working, they had people come in and they fixed our. They tried to fix our grease trap. They sealed it so it didn't smell. They took out our like hot water heater that had a hole in it that. We've put like seven tickets in over two years and 
it all happened in the middle of the day when we were super busy. So um, it was under the guise of helping, but what they really did was just kind of made a mess of the whole store and left it for us. And uh, it just kind of fucked everything up for us. But everything's getting fixed. I really? I, I mean, it's interesting, though. It's interesting, though. It, 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 you're in the same part of the country as this, the, the few successful Starbucks union drives. And uh, yeah. that is not how they dealt with those. That's not how they dealt with the Buffalo people, right? Like, they, they, they were actually brought people in and, and did threats instead of trying to treat them nice. So it is, it seems like they learned from their mistake and now they're going to try to do it nice. Well, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of the same. Um, they started the same way up there. Some of the Buffalo people that are working at the first store that unionized Elmwood actually helped us put together ours. They're still helping us. And that's kind of how they started up there, but it was, uh, a bigger effort because they were the first ones. So they brought in all the executive vice presidents and stuff like Ross Ann Williams. You might've seen the picture of her sweeping in their store. Uh, they started the same way, just coming in and fixing everything and getting in the way. Uh, I read that she actually came and filled all the wrong cups in the store and they pushed back drive time and, uh, in a, in a store back to like insane levels of slowness. But when they reached election, they kind of like doubled down and kind of tried to fight it. They're not allowed to ask you not to vote or anything, but they started sending out emails saying that they want you to vote. No. And uh, twisting words and telling lies about Starbucks, like, that you wouldn't be able to transfer to a different store if you unionized, which isn't true. You would be able to, you just wouldn't be able to be in the union anymore. And um, they would tell them stuff like you aren't, they wouldn't be able to have executives and managers come and jump on the floor to help because they weren't part of the union, which 100% isn't true because it's all up it'd be all up to what you'd sign in your contract. And I don't think a single barista would put that they didn't want extra help in their contract. Yeah. What executive is, is like coming in. Oh shit. I was going to just do a shift real quick to help you all out on me, but I can't um, because you're in their special little club. You know, we can't be friends now. (laughs) We actually, uh, one of the people just just came into our store Sorry about that. What's up? No, it's also interesting to say like you couldn't transfer stores because in 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 all honesty, if I am somebody who's paying attention to this closely, that doesn't feel that feels like intimidation. Like it feels like it would be against the NLRB because it just sounds like it says it sounds like they're saying if you try to start a union, None of the other Starbucks are gonna want to hire you. <laughs> like it, that's a yeah, really exactly. weird like w- way to say it. It's definitely intimidation. They actually filed a lawsuit against Starbucks. Uh, Workers United did in Buffalo because of those things. Uh, they haven't really started that here, but there's so many stores filing now that I think it would be kind of hard to concentrate that effort into single places 
we didn't, we're filing tomorrow though. We just, uh, got 65% of the vote, which is what you need to actually have the NLRB allow you to do an election. And we did it in three stores in the town, including one that literally just opened a week ago. So they're really going to fucking hate us. <laughs> I mean, if I was a union buster asshole, I would hate you too. Just it would make me very mad. <laughs> you would do something like that. Especially imagine you're the general manager of that store that just opened up last week and you're already facing a union drive that kicks ass. Even worse is that, uh, man, it does sound they what's up. No, it just, it sounds like, it sounds like a weird, like, uh, being nice, intimidating you, but also trying to be nice. You understand? Do you get what I'm saying? Like where it's like, they're trying to make it sound like they're being nice but they're actually threatening you over and over again, because that's the other thing. That's what, like Brett said, it does sound like they're saying we can't be friends no more. If you start a union, like you're not even allowed to look at the manager, talk to the manager. And you know what? The manager's not allowed to look at you and he's not allowed to talk to you. He's got to go right to the union bosses. And then they tell you it's, it's fucked up and it sucks. And it's like, I mean, we kind of understand what a union is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it absolutely feels like that. Uh, at our store, I just personally feel like pummeled by their niceness. Uh, on Friday, I came in and I'm like a shift supervisor, which is the person they make do all the managerial work without paying them a salary. Uh, but I, would, I immediately like got on bar because we were so busy and they just had like four people I've never met come in and start talking to me and I'm trying to make drinks and connect with customers, which they is like what they want us to do most. And they're all just like asking me my name and asking me what I like about working at Starbucks and all of this stuff. And I'm sitting here literally trying to make 20 drinks by myself. And it, it, it just felt so intentional <laughs> and pointed. It's really cool though, watching all of this, sort of happen up there in, in New York because I mean you could it worked the first time with I, I think it's three stores am I right about that I I don't know but it worked at the beginning in Buffalo if it works here that's another time it works and then you could see this moving not only to other Starbucks but just like in the area other fast food or, or fast casual places. Like once people see success, it emboldens them to, to sort of move to the next thing. Is that kind of what happened with you? Like, like, like you guys saw success in Buffalo and you were like, yeah, we're, we're going to give this a shot now. Yeah, it was definitely Buffalo that inspired us. Um, it, it was just me and another person that started working here around October. So it was like two months after Buffalo announced. And um, I've always been like super like pro union and really wanted to do this, but it just seemed very impossible at Starbucks just because of how often they have busted any sort of union effort. I mean, they even killed IWW's attempt and, uh, but like after Buffalo happened, it really activated everybody. 
And as soon as we started talking to people in other stores, it was the same way. I mean, I even went into five guys the other day with my shirt on and like everybody in there started talking to me. So I'm hoping that it kind of spreads to other places because it's fucking brutal out there. I mean, you can't even go through a drive through without waiting for 30 minutes and I feel guilty even doing it. Five guys. I, I'm going to tell you something right now. Five guys should unionize because it seems like the worst place to work for me and I'll, I'll explain why anybody who's ever worked at a place that makes food especially french fries and cheeseburgers it's disgusting <laughs> it's the it, it really was mcdonald's was one of the grossest jobs i ever had and five yeah, guys and, is busy uh, every fucking day and they're not like just straight up making fast food. They're making like restaurant quality food at Five Guys on fast food time schedules. Oh, yeah. So that place seems extra brutal. Yeah, it does seem extra brutal to me. But I mean, Starbucks has been pretty brutal lately too. It's like you said about like the half hour wait in the drive through where it's like every place I go by now, every Starbucks has a line all the way out to the street and it's like uh, i understand I, like you can understand the people inside the starbucks are fucked because you know they don't have enough people working like and it's because they won't pay people because i bet you if you guys unionize they'll get a lot more applications at that specific starbucks like i think you'll start to find that people want to work at the unionized Starbucks or fast food places or fast casual places. I think. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, no stores have had their contracts uh, ratified or anything yet. Um, I think the Buffalo stores were the only ones that have had any sort of uh, elections. You know, Mesa, Arizona was the second place to announce that they were going to unionize. And I think they're having their election sometime this month or next month. And once, like, these stores get to that point where we get to sign contracts and people see that it actually works, I'm really hoping that it makes people want to work at a unionized store. And it just makes people realize that you can uh, work at a corporation if you have to, I mean, ideally you wouldn't have to, but if you did and you don't have to just bend to their will, you don't have to base your livelihood around what they want you to do. Truthfully, I want to fucking yeah, crush yeah. them, but this is a good part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, I mean, it pisses them off. You're at least pissing them off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely uh is there any way we can help is there any strike funds or not a strike fund obviously you're not in a strike but like uh is it just basically up to the employees now uh let us know if there's somewhere we can go to help or somewhere we should look to help you guys out and thank and keep us posted on this there was a gofundme for the buffalo workers when they were striking I don't know if it's still open. Uh, it was for a little while after. I think it might have become some sort of protection fund. But mostly just go to SB Workers United on like Instagram and Twitter. 
we post everything. Uh, they have cool merch that's 100% union made. Uh, I know a lot of people have been ordering very cheap things to the store and tipping very high or tipping whatever you can on the app and just writing like do not make and union yes on their tickets. We got a lot of that at our stores. Uh, I know a big thing that really made us feel good was people were leaving $20 tips or just signing or like telling us their name was solidarity or union. Yes. And just that sort of support really kind of activates the workers and especially right now when we are just trying to get the card signed, uh, send word out to the NLRB so we can get these elections going. It's really nice to have that support because it counteracts what Starbucks is trying to tell us. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Well, well good luck, Ben. Uh, uh, keep us posted. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Have a good night, guys. Man, uh, 10 years ago, uh, 11 years ago when we started this show, I don't think I would have ever, if you had said like, well, if you had said they're going to, Starbucks are going to start being unionized, I would have been like, what? No fucking yeah. way. <laughs> you know, like it, it would have been impossible to believe. Yeah, it seems, I mean, it's, it just takes the effort. Uh, I hope it catches on. It's kind of cool. Like it's smart to do Starbucks in a way because it's like how many people work in a store 20 or something I don't I actually don't know the numbers of how many people work in a store but it seems like you could talk that many people into unionizing you know absolutely yeah they'll start hiring like kid rock guys that are like hate unions <laughs> yeah <laughs> you go into Starbucks and it'll be like 65 year old white guys <laughs> patriots now hiring all patriots yeah we want to hear from you. Starbucks cares. We want to talk to our customers that turn their back. We want to ask you to try us again and yeah. help us grow and be better as a company by uh, beating the shit out of these uh, snowflakes and liberals that have taken over the company. Yeah. I mean, they would say snowflakes because like nothing is more snowflake than like organizing against your boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so who Features. was it that said snowflakes? We were listening to something one time and they said, you know how snowflakes are. They, they melt under pressure. And it's like, no, that's like not how they melt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who was that? I don't remember, but it fucking ruled. Man. <laughs> Some dumb guy that just like <laughs> snowflakes, they melt under pressure. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I did go to the gym yesterday. Everybody. Oh, really? I did want to get that in here. Yep. I'm a gym rat. You know, oh, I've wow. been once. Uh, I like getting a pump in. I yeah, I got to. I didn't pump at all. Actually, mm -hmm. I was so Ooh. intimidated by all the weights. Uh, I was terrified of them. They all look weird. Like the machines don't look like what they used to look like when I was a youngster. And I'm, they aren't the ones with the big balls on the end of a barbell or anything. And I don't wear a unitard to lift weights. I'm not that old. But like, what are you it, used to that, that big band that shakes you? <laughs> no, it's not what I'm, I don't use that either. I use the thing that shocks your stomach so that you get abs. <laughs> yeah. You that, need the ab flex. That you, thing was so cool. 
you pay for the gym and you go and you get access to every single as seen on TV workout item. <laughs> They've got it all here. Good. I saves me money. I'm not constantly, I can go and get them. I don't have to, I don't have to wait. I can get, they have a, a whole row of the Tony little gazelles, you know, <laughs> gazelle gliders. Gazelle. Oh. <laughs> Dude. I used to laugh at that commercial every time. There is almost nothing funny about it other than Tony little. Okay, had- yeah, man had like uh uh he like full of energy like he never stopped moving but the gazelle actual machine was hilarious to watch somebody do well he was and he was always wearing the spandex and his leg he had he had a very good physique but he would do it so fucking fast and it was just like he was standing in the air doing the splits it was just like doing the splits <laughs> over and over again and he's just hollering and yelling about how this is going to change your fucking life we had a gazelle my mom got the gazelle that is an insane thing to buy. What do you think they, what's the Suzanne Summers thing? She did the that. Ad, uh, no, the buns. The, yeah, no, the buns, buns of, of steel. Uh, but that's a video though. There was a tummy sizer thing, like a blue sort of chair. That you oh, sit no, on what to about, help you do sit-ups. Uh, thigh oh. master. Thigh master. That's it. Yeah. Thigh master. I was going to say, no, it was that. Yeah. It was that figure eight looking thing. Hey, this thing works. So this thing makes it a lot easier to do sit-ups, and I'm sure it helps. Why, why isn't there boutique gym like an 80s gym? Like where you go and wear leg warmers and shit, and like where mesh guys wear mesh shirts, like uh, belly shirts and shit, and just jazzercise. work out their arms. There's no leg stuff at all. <laughs> yeah, and you do jazzercise. Yep. You know? Yeah. Like the, the high top Reeboks. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, the Reebok step up. Do you remember that <laughs> yes. whole workout? It was oh, just like yes. a box that you step up and then step down. And, and but it had step- green and pink risers to put underneath it to to, to up the challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. Well, uh, I fight for them. Said ellipticals burn a lot of calories. Uh, I got to tell you, I got on the elliptical and was done in three minutes. I said, oh, I don't like the elliptical very much. I'm out. The gazelle is not an elliptical. <laughs> no, no. The gazelle doesn't look like it has any resistance at all. It doesn't at all. It's just <laughs> swinging your legs back and forth. It'd be like laying on the bed and just swinging your legs back and forth. <laughs> you And also, they would just have to have like the solo flex and the bow flex yep. at the gym. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody wants to use that or everybody like a Nordic track. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like skiing the Nordic track. That thing, my I used to ask my dad all the time, like we should buy a Nordic Nordic track because I was little and it looked fun. He's like, you know, he never said just no, which is like actually what he should have said to me. It's like we're not buying a fucking Nordic track. He would explain to me <laughs> that they break too easily, and it's like I never believed him. Uh-huh. But the Nordic track is also another ridiculous thing where it was like two poles sticking up and then it was like a thing on a chain where you just moved your feet back and forth so it looked like you were i think it's cross-country skiing is where you do that it was like that was what it was supposed to uh do yeah let's open a gym dude with just like all of the old school equipment and we will get one of those bands that vibrate you too yeah everybody wants to try one everybody's curious about it yeah people would go there to do selfies dude yeah. That's the thing. It's almost like a selfie museum, but it's also uh, a gym. Okay. And it's also, I mean, you, you get the weights 
like I said, with we could do tie bow classes and shit too. Tie bow classes. That's another one. Fitness trends used to kick ass, man. <laughs> oh, I know. They see would come like on that so no fucking hard. Just like, uh, just like months and months and months of it. And then it was like gone. Then they'd be here's back a, with like another ab thing. Here's a new $800 machine yep, yep. that doesn't do anything at all. There is another $800 machine that you move two muscles to get going. They they run they run they'll they'll finance you for two years and as soon as that two years is up they they find something else to get you on another payment plan they're like all right those people are done paying they've they've got a free forty dollars a month we got to get it back I got to get one man uh, that that is such a funny that is the best idea for a business and listeners you're allowed to make one I think yeah uh, <laughs> Riku two K thirteen said various VHS stations for old workouts yes so you could do like eight minute abs you could do buns of steel <laughs> you could do the um oh uh Jane Fonda tapes <laughs> Jane Fonda and and like no I don't want it on YouTube either I don't want no. you to be able to just walk up and fucking pick the old school video on YouTube. In like a walled garden situation. I want there to be a fucking shelf, like a mm -hmm. bookshelf mm -hmm. full of VHSs and then a fucking CRT TV with a VCR on top of it. When yeah. I first started dating my wife uh, and I went over to their house, they collected VHS. Um, collected? Like oh, they collect. Well, they don't collect it now. but I, mean, like, I guess they just bought movies, yeah. Yeah, they were movie collectors. So they, they also collected DVDs. They still collect DVDs. Like they're buying new DVDs. But um I went over there and like there were three whole shelves of workouts. Yeah. On their thing. And it was just like you got, you should have just stuck with one of them and like seen if it was gonna work out for you, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always the promise of the new one. That is also that's the downfall is that there's always like, oh, I like it. Maybe the next tape will get me into it. <laughs> Psychic gasoline said nine hundred dollar clothes rack. That's what they used to say a treadmill is. Yeah, is a nine. Now a treadmill is what I would call an albatross. Um, it is a thing you buy, put in your basement, and then basically feel like you got to get rid of but can't yeah like this is too heavy there's gotta be this? craigslist free treadmills have yeah. to be one of the top things on craigslist right yeah right under piano crt tvs too Obviously. yeah those two those big fucking flat the first like flat screens like Ugh, the mitsubishi toshibas or the Sony Trinitron. Oh, uh, I had a Sony Trinitron with the glass thing. That was my first flat screen TV. And that thing weighed, I don't know. It had to be 200 pounds. It was yeah. crazy. So that was bad. All right. All right. Let's get these calls in. Let's get a call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Hank in Los Angeles. A skeleton? The Hank, whole world up? calls me Hank. Hank, Hank in Los Angeles. <laughs> Do you hear me? What's up, buddy? How's it going, Hank? Yeah, we you can hear, hear you. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. cool. Sorry, my, my yeah, we can hear out. you. You there? Um, yeah, got it. Sorry about that. Um, it's a nice mm -hmm. walk down uh, Nostalgia Lane. I'm about your guys' age. And uh, one thing that you made me think of was in the 90s. Do you remember the co-ed naked t-shirt craze? Yeah, you must remember that. Oh, absolutely. I was that was I was actually like so big. too young in the nineties to 
to uh, uh, uh to to like understand it, but like um yeah, I do remember it. I I uh I no, I wasn't too young because young people had co-ed naked shirts and Big Johnson shirts. Like kids my age had them. I thought but, co-ed naked was for college kids and Big Johnson was for <laughs> blue collar workers. College co-ed <laughs> naked for some reason seemed a little more tongue in cheek. It wasn't as like in your face. I don't know, dude. Kids in Groveport wore the fuck out of co-ed naked. I, I would too. And uh, they were like twelve. Yeah. Like you'd be, you'd see a twelve-year-old kid wearing a fucking co-ed naked shirt, and that's where you're like, well, that's just, that's like, I've said this before. I'll, I'm going to quickly say this uh, thing because it really, it is like one of the most classist things I can, I, I've ever heard of to me um, was back when I was a kid, and you would go to school. People would say, um, people would like if you wore a cigarette shirt, like if you wore a Joe Camel shirt to school, they would either make you go change or turn it inside out. And it was like, well, the rich kids aren't fucking wearing cigarette t-shirts, you know, like, and nobody's choosing to wear a Joe Camel t-shirt. It probably came with a pack of cigarettes. And it was the same thing with like co-ed naked where it's like, man, it was probably the best day of that kid's life when he went to the store with his mom and got a co-ed naked shirt. Now you're fucking not letting them wear it anymore. Yeah, or the one that he wanted yeah, was out. I, like the, they were yeah. out of like football, so he had to get volleyball or something. And they did like everything, like fishing. It was just like a theme, like the Chia Pet. Like they just figured out that they could just keep making iterations. And it, from my memory, I, similar to Brian, I was like a little young for it, although kids my age were wearing them. But it wasn't overtly sexual, but it, yeah, that was just such a strange, strange kind of craze at the time. Those were, yeah, I don't know. I just think about that every once in a while. Yeah. I think I was confused by co-ed. I knew what it mean. And then it was like, oh, that means boys and girls. Yeah. <laughs> now that's different. Yeah. Now when you say co-ed yeah. naked running, take it in stride with nothing to hide, that means something different to me. Uh, the only one I remember <laughs> is pool. Get felt on the table. There's also gambling. Lay them on the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. My parents were just like, oh, no fucking no. You are not getting a co-ed naked shirt. You're not getting a big Johnson shirt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my parents were kind of like even a little bit with no fear was like, that's a little bit too much for us. <laughs> too much back sass. <laughs> yeah, you know, bad. There's no bad boys club. We're not going to house any bad boys in this place. <laughs> yeah. That, it's yeah. funny because uh, I uh, might be the only kid in Groveport, Ohio that didn't have a no fear t shirt. Oh. Uh, and that was like back then. No fear for people that have never seen it, which I'm definitely going to Google and try to find some no fear t-shirts now to get myself to like live my life. Um, but they, like they just collabed with H and M. Got to do self-care. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is a button up shirt. I got to get a t-shirt though. But like no fear was basically that's, that's monster energy vibes before there were energy drinks was no fear and Fox. Oh, Fox was hot at Gadzooks. Like people, I didn't wear Fox because it was for the more like rednecky types. But like uh, Fox, if you went to Gadzooks, they had a whole section of 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 Fox racing. Um, I was mostly there for the pants because they had the pants that come with a chain wallet situation. And uh -huh. I always the guy every pair of pants I had, I was like, this these would fucking be so much more fresh if they had a chain. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so what's up, Hank? Yeah, my parents, 
Oh, uh, nothing much. Um, I just got to say, like, one of the uh, cultural things my parents made sure to regulate to protect us was the Freddy and Jason movies. Uh, somehow that, like, we, I, I'd actually only seen one of them in my whole life. Uh, they made sure we never were exposed what? to those dangerous films. But they didn't give a shit about any other R-rated movies. Like, we could watch almost anything because they were sort of uh, out of their minds and not really paying that close attention. But I just think it's interesting how, like, like there's certain Dude. cultural memes use a word that didn't exist back then that like parents get a hold of and then that's what they regulate it's i don't know crazy hank i'm gonna tell you something that's gonna maybe maybe blow your mind i don't know it might not i was right. allowed to watch all of I'm the nightmare down. on I'm elm ready. street movies and all of the i was allowed to watch nightmare on elm streets i was allowed to watch uh jason friday the 13th movies i was not i did it but there were two movies that my parent there were only Three movies my parents ever said I wasn't allowed to watch. Uh, Porky's 1, Porky's 2, and Bachelor Party. They were just like, nope, you're not. Nope, no Porky's. <laughs> now, I watched them. <laughs> like, they were so against. So I would have to go off here. the beaten path for my sex comedies and watch Hamburger the Motion Picture yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just forced you down the black market. You know, which is why the pro prohibition is always bad. You know, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, it's anyway. true. I had to go on the black market and watch my sex comedies. My my raunchy sex comedies yeah. had to be stuff that nobody's ever heard of. Hamburger, the motion picture, was exactly. just such a huge thing for me when I was growing up. I probably got like two or three <laughs> of the jokes, but there were a lot of titties in it. And uh, also, like at that time uh, in my life, I really was like dreaming that I could work at like a McDonald's or something like that. Cause I was like 10. I, I just oh, was totally. like, I really love being at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Hey man. I, yeah. Like, and we were, we were, I'm about your age, Brian. So we were like pre-internet kids. So we didn't have like hardcore porn exposure uh, at the age of four, like kids are these days or whatever. It, it must be horrifying to ra raise kids mm -hmm. with what's on the internet. So like, like scrambled porn, for instance. No, I'm you sure you have more. recollections of. Yeah, well, I suppose, but like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, used to, I even remember trying to build a little little decoder thing off of some plans that uh, I found on a local BBS or something <laughs> to try to like coil wire around a nail to try to like get the signal to the scrambled <laughs> porn, and uh, you'd occasionally see what like the shadow what? of a nipple, and it would like make your whole. It was it was a it was a yeah it never worked, but like you'd still see the occasional. That's nuts. Yeah. 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 That's fucking know. nuts. So you tried like, to make uh, your movie. own descrambler. I have never, I've never seen the plans for making my own descrambler ever that I'm impressed really. Yeah. We just happened to, it was just the, it was like wires and copper and, and a nail and it was like, a, yeah, we, had, we, we didn't get very far. You know, we weren't, we weren't, you know, that enterprising. It wasn't like one of those super cool though, uh, you know, that um, you tried. Yeah, yeah, it was, we gotta try, you know, it was, uh, bring, it's, uh, that's, that's my version of having to walk uh, to school in the snow uphill both ways, you know, it was really <laughs> rough on us back then. True. Um, yeah. Anyway, I challenge. had a couple things, but I know you got other people on the call. I had a, I have a story about uh, uh, why you shouldn't urinate in a gas can, um, but I think I'll save that for another time. I, I just wanted to say uh, a couple things about Mike Rowe, who we talked about on Wednesday's show, just, uh, and forgive me oh, yeah, if you guys did. have already made this point yeah, we know about him. this guy, but 
I hate this. I hate him so much. He's such a piece of shit. But he, he's basically just Ronald Reagan in a baseball hat, right? Like he's just a guy who's he's a theater <laughs> kid who's cosplaying as a regular person. And it's gross that so many people fall for it. It's a trick. That guy went to college for opera, for opera singing. That's yeah. what he studied. Well, yeah. And I it, mean, and now he spends his time sucking said, up to the ruling class. We said this on Wednesday. I mean, I, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't, I gotta say that I don't really think he was sucking up. He is sucking up to the ruling class necessarily. I think he, it's money. He just likes having money. But, because you gotta imagine that he's making incredible fucking money doing what he's doing, right? Like, like just yeah. so much fucking money. And, and like, I really think that is his, that's his thing. I, I don't know that he wants to suck up to the ruling class. I think that he knows what he has to say to get what he wants. And Brett pointed something out Wednesday that I found like extremely fucking interesting because I mean, Brett sees him on Facebook. I don't see him on Facebook. So I only get, get him when he does something big, right? Or when somebody sends me something on Twitter about him but like that he's made this this turn towards the right and to me that seems like a calculated uh uh decision that he made because leftists have sort of figured out his game he you know he was on citations needed darna nor wrote that article about him and it just is like he has kind of figured out like well there's nothing for me on with liberals and, and leftists. There's only what is left for me is with conservatives. So he's basically just moving himself to like the right as far as like culture war stuff because he knows that's where it's money. I, I Maybe he does it to kiss up the people in power, but I just really think like it is 100% a financial decision with him. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just a chameleon Fair. guy. He's just a really just a snaky, snaky dude. And that, um, to me, it just comes across as he sounds very nice and very hokey and very thoughtful or whatever. Uh, but he's absolutely just throwing people to the incinerator. Like he's he's he's, he's yeah. harming so many people and advocating for so many people to have harder lives than they already have, while he just sits there and is like. You know, I say the tough stuff, which is nobody wants to work these days. No one wants to have a dirty job these days. You know, right. like I mean, you can tell he's totally. a killer. Yeah, if he's you a- follow him for any period of time, you can tell he's a guy that's just like he's a shark, dude. Like <laughs> he he, right. he is he's definitely like a, a a you know, for lack of a better term, he's a predator. Like he is he does not absolutely does not fucking care about anybody except for himself and i I truly believe that that he functions you know how they say like a shark is only looking for blood or looking to eat i really think that he because i mean look at how much he does you know Uh, like he's got to be i now i'm going to look up micro net worth and it's going to piss everybody off (laughs) But uh, I think he's like has a lot of money. Like I think he's like actually very rich. And uh, yep, net worth thirty million dollars. So like I think he's just a guy that it's never enough. 
there's just fucking never enough and he's going to keep going for more and more and more i don't think that he really believes uh i don't think he really believes a lot of the right wing culture war stuff i don't i i maybe he believes in the snowflake stuff and maybe there was a time where he didn't believe any of this stuff but like i don't know if he believes anything other than you know uh, yeah. i get to be a 30 million air uh actor television guy and you get to you know dig shit piles for for your life and you should be glad right. about that so okay maybe a better phrasing we, is he, he's a servant play he's it. a servant of the ruling class by yeah go ahead go yeah. ahead i didn't play it but there is a part in that video where him and john stossel are talking about how like you know, if we were smart, we'd be welders. And I never looked at his net worth before, but they're talking about how you can make six figures as a welder. And it's like, motherfucker, no, you have 30 million fucking dollars. You know, you, right. you could have right. been a welder if you wanted to be a welder, you know? <laughs> yeah, and he got that money. He's you a know, piece of um, shit. I'm sure a big part of it probably comes from public appearances and books and stuff, but the, the TV show, you know, dirty jobs, he was just cosplaying. He's pretending to, you know, showing up. He's got communication skills. Like he's a professional presenter. And that's like another similarity to Reagan. Reagan was a corporate pitch man. And he is essentially just serving the ruling class, maybe not sucking up, but serving them. And there's a, it's a convenient congruence that his probably his personal predilections line up with this, this kind of bullshit narrative that you just got to, you know, show up early and stay late. Don't get paid. Work hard. Get dirty. Get poisoned. Be a fucking uh, sucker for your boss's career. You know, and uh, I think he's he's uh, he fulfills an archetype that sort of uh, fits within yeah. America's like pining for that mythical past that was never true. Like when when politicians use the term coal miner, what they're actually saying is white guys who are dirty who go into holes in the ground, and it, but it's usually kind of like secretly racified by saying white dirty white guys in hard hats and like mike Rowe is essentially pretending to be a regular guy when he's absolutely not and he's made himself rich off of that and meanwhile uh, there's a uh uh the, you know, the receiving end of that is people who trust uh these archetypes that that see him and say see that's what my son should be like i wish he was my son i, I feel like that's kind of a thing like like uh i also have a theory that pete yeah. judge is also famous because everybody wishes he was their son you know, they'd be good sons, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, yeah, that's all I yeah, have to say. Yeah, I know. Like, he's just a right fucking on. asshole. And I'd, I'd love to see a leftist dirty jobs, like a proper leftist doing the dirty jobs type of show. That would be great. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a woodworker. I barely make any money. I'm going to ask my boss for a raise tomorrow just because I'm signing up for healthcare, uh, tomorrow today. Uh, and it's going to cost me 80 to a hundred bucks, even with the California, uh, subsidy help, which is just all goes to some for-profit insurance company. And I'm only going to ask for a raise, just hoping that I get enough of a raise to cover my, my, my sudden expense of health care. doesn't improve my lot in any way, and I don't get any health care out of it, too, because of the, the deductibles and all the other bullshit. So, fuck micro, I guess, is, all I'm, is my point. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, and he's, yeah. I mean, it's the all same right. way that, like, uh, Tony from Any Death Fault pointed out how that doctor that talked to Joe Rogan just kind of speaks in a cadence that sounds like people telling the truth on TV or like the way some comedians just get just talk like they're telling a joke. It doesn't really matter what they say. It just sounds funny when they say it. He has like a cadence yeah. and a rhythm 
that makes people think about like a wise something a wise grandpa would say. Oh, I don't know all about that, boy. You know, it's just about uh getting your 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 haircut high and tight and uh, eating an apple a day. You know, like that's just just this hokey yeah. fake ass thing. And that, he's like, he's it's just he's a total fucking uh just backstabber. Agreed. Yeah, and he ignores the nuance of living in this complicated world. You know, it's because it's a narrative that's simple. Like, oh, you just work hard and everything works out. Like, and that's that's their excuse to point at people who are having a hard time and saying and saying, look, that person just didn't yeah. live like Mike Rowe. If only that person had watched Dirty Jobs more or some bullshit. <laughs> and I used to watch that show. I used to, you know. Well, so all right. Me too. I, and thank and you guys. We've said this a million times, but like, peace. You're welcome. Uh, we've said this a million times, but. You know, Mike Rowe also is of the belief that he decided he right. wanted to be on television when he was a kid or be in movies. So he got a job at a movie theater and was just such a hard worker that now he's has thirty million dollars. Yeah, and it's just, he's just like, uh, well, I don't know anybody who ever failed that uh, didn't stop trying. Like that's yeah. his answer to somebody that like that doesn't have parents. And their car breaks down, right? Or has like, uh, you know, some sort of disability or a medical problem or anything. It's just like, you know, uh, well, there's well, there where there's a will, there's a way. We all know that's true, right, folks? It's like, no, we're all getting ground up into fucking paste. It's looking worse and worse for the for for us. Like, no one's getting ahead on this. Shit. He never comments on guys like your dad or like or like the guys I worked with roofing or or some of the guys that are like. 65 you know still running cable and shit like that like that is never something that he he never covers that ever right. you never hear what happens at the end when i worked a dirty jobs hard and it took my whole body away from me yeah like what happens now we should what about the dirt he should do the dirty job of trying to live on disability for like a month that should be yeah. his just fucking job is try to hold down a household and keep himself fed uh, on disability checks do you remember when morgan spurlock did that in columbus oh yeah Not tried to be broke but he tried to live on minimum wage for a month in columbus and uh it was pretty wild actually it wasn't too bad uh i kind of liked it as i a, as like a show I think that should be on every day. I think that should, I think, yeah, that should be a whole channel. It should just be a TV show where different yeah. people have to do it every week in different cities. Yes. Too. Yes. Everybody. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It needs to be on all the time. That's like my, uh, Chris Hansen should be on all the time. That's my version of it. Yeah. Uh, yep. All right. Let's take another call. Thanks for calling street fight. Sorry. Hello. Hey there. Howdy. Hey, it's Nick. How you going? Doing well. Gonna, How about yourself? Um, say like, I was going to say like, yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um, I, I was finding it funny because I was going to complain about like financial situation here. Um, but then hearing about, you know, like the last caller having to sort out health insurance seems pretty, pretty bleak. Uh, it's not really a problem that we have down here in New Zealand. Oh, we're all used to it. It's not that bleak. Yeah, we we we've been trying to figure that out forever. <laughs> it is bleak. It it sucks. It it like but I think Americans especially uh that are of a certain 
age, I would say. Like once you get to be like 30, uh, if you're still like fiddling around with insurance, like if it's still something that you have to think about on an almost constant basis, it just is a background thing. It's just like, oh, you know, the, the thing that not having insurance really does is like, hey, I have this spot on my leg. Should I go get this looked at? And yes, the answer is yes. But a lot of times if you do that, it's a problem, you know? I just find it, like, especially with uh, like the great resignation or whatever people are calling it this year, like, and lots of people are quitting their jobs and stuff, but like, it must be pretty hard if you've got the only healthcare um, you have tied to where you're working. Like, do, do you find that like ties people to their jobs? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Really keeps people in miserable jobs forever. Um, yeah, maybe I don't know. If people are just getting more loosey goosey because of the because of COVID. They're just like, "Fuck it, it's all on the line." Who knows what tomorrow has to hold? Uh, but certainly, uh, most people are like, "Please God, just let me find insurance that doesn't charge me too much and that um, is good enough to to take care of my family." Yeah. Um. Uh, I've got news from New Zealand as well. We've got um, coronavirus now, like properly. So it's going to be a pretty interesting wee while. Oh, really? Um, Omicron. Okay. Yeah, it's um, I, we've we've sort of like managed to keep it at bay. I think we've only had like sixty deaths in the whole country since the outbreak started. But now it's to the point where like Omicron's too gnarly for us to actually like keep it under wraps. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Have you got any tips for like? Staying healthy. I know you guys have talked about it quite a bit, and I think you've both had it, right? Uh, I I don't actually think I had it, but like the only what the only thing you can do is be as as careful as as sort of as careful as you can, and make sure you have the shots. I think it's like, I mean, once you have the shot, once you have the vaccines, uh, you know, you just live as well as you can uh n95s apparently help a lot too so i wear those but i literally i I, i'm gonna tell you the truth i don't even know how i avoided getting it so and i I think it really is just almost like a crapshoot and if you have the booster and the two shots then like you might get it and you might not Um, the only way to ensure that you don't get it is to you know not do anything which is definitely a course of action yeah i mean i heard my i talked to some friends last night that didn't have the booster and they said it was hell yeah um delta in my opinion was pretty easy to beat if you followed most protocols like i avoided it all year long and i did uh, more stuff than i've ever done in a year before uh omicron is super contagious and like i i i haven't even been to a show uh in the last since I had it uh, and I've been avoiding stuff and like hanging out with my old lady, just like at the house, making dinner and stuff. I'm kind of paying attention to the, to the numbers coming in. Cause it seems like it's very hard. It's very hard to avoid. If you're going to go out and do something like go to a bar or a restaurant and be unmasked. Um, other than that, I would get the N95 and then just stay. I don't know. I went to a, I, I, I went to a concert and I was drinking. I don't know. That's how I mean, that, the that's how is- I got it. The thing is, though, like it, it really is like 
Yeah, you you were at a concert and you were drinking. That's how you got it. My wife wasn't doing anything and got it. You know what I mean? Like, we don't do shit. Uh, we went for Christmas with three people that didn't have the booster who was hanging up with somebody with only one shot. And that's how it got to us. So, like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, it, it's just you get the booster and you wear the mask and you'll probably, I don't know. I don't know. I hate to say you'll be okay. Yeah, I'm, but uh, they, I'm hoping to think that like I, I will say that you can't booster, say that. Um, I mean, the numbers. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. There's a massive delay. Yeah, the bo- I think I'm eligible for the booster in like a month's time because New Zealand started our vaccine rollout really late compared to the states. Right. So I mean, if if you've had. The two shots and you're not six months out it sort of feels like to me like you're probably fairly safe i mean you just have to think of it the way that you've been thinking of it for the past two years it's like it you're pretty safe if you just take medium level precautions that's that's what i call what i did it's like I, you know i'm not like taking heavy risks or anything like that but like i'm also not like not taking risks you know so it's hard to tell it really is i it's so hard to give advice for this kind of thing and it it, you know if if you're vaxxed and it you know it's still at the point where it's effective and then if you get the booster it seems like you'll probably be okay if you end up getting it yeah but like like i said because my my brother hadn't we're seeing this from like a um like it's almost like for a national level because i think the the amount of cases we had today were like 50 across the entire country so i say it's like it's coming but we're still like <laughs> you're pretty good really really low cases um yeah there's like i mean a population i think you're like probably fairly safe million so i think we're like on on in size and population pretty equivalent to like colorado um if you want to compare it to anywhere in the state yeah winners and losers in the chat said shower with your groceries number one tip (laughs) yes smart move (laughs) (laughs) you gotta relive the same stuff that we did did sorry oh man i got i got a call on from like a bit of line next time did you brian did you get your car sorted i was just gonna say mine got broken into and like they fucked up the uh door lock uh on the driver's side door so i've got to wait for insurance to sort it out but it's like uh, you know, in New Zealand, every car's a Toyota, pretty much, and it's a 34-year-old Toyota Corolla. So <laughs> the panel beaters are like scratching their heads, trying to figure out where to get a new door and door lock from. Yeah, no, I mean my car is great. I haven't had any car trouble at all with my new car. Whatever that noise my family was claiming the car made, I don't think it made. And now I actually have a theory on what that noise was. And uh, it's it's very simple. It snowed here. And do you know how that hard snow gets up under your tire and, like, makes, like, a thing, right, yeah, Brett? A, a piece of obsidian. And it, and it makes noise sometimes if it rubs up against something. If you turn it too much. I, I think that's what was going on. But I would never say that to them because they get mad when I minimize the trouble with the car tell them they gotta <laughs> kick it off they gotta do a donkey kick show them how to donkey kick the goddamn ice off 
Yeah. It's so funny because like if I tell them like I don't think there's anything wrong with the car, they they like either take it personally or they think I'm being cheap. Well, is, yeah, I wouldn't trust you I'm, either. I'm I mean, it's hard. Cheap. You you're not trustworthy on that. Like you don't have any reason to you're not like an authority on what's going wrong with the car. Right. But I mean, I'm an authority on like when it needs to go get looked that's, at. Also, I you guess. are, that's true. You are, you have the most anxiety. So I guess you are the most keenly attuned to when to freak out. Yeah. Yeah. And when to freak out is if you hit the brake and it doesn't stop. Or <laughs> if the tire's flat or when you turn the key, it doesn't make a noise. But even then. I hate shaking. Shaking is the one that fucking drives me nuts. Like when you turn it on and start shaking and you can't keep it on because you're just getting more scared as it shakes, but you want to like figure out what the fuck is happening. Ugh. Mine is mine's actually clicking. Yeah. Why? Because I was driving a 95 Achieva in 2008 and uh, I was, I filled it up. Oh God. This story bums me out still to this day. I filled it up with gas. I had probably $60 in the bank after the fill up with gas and a week to get paid. And I was like, well, the car is filled with gas. I shouldn't have to get gas until after I get paid. This $60 is just going to be for, you know, whatever food or whatever. Right. Uh -huh. And, um, I fucking fill it up. I drive a quarter mile away and I hear clicking, click, 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 click. And I'm like, man, what is that? And then all of a sudden smoke starts coming up and then Oof. I get out of the car and there's antifreeze, a big pool of antifreeze yeah. on the ground. And I, I blew a head gasket <sighs> like a quarter mile after filling my tank up with gas. I was in a parking lot so much, man. when it happened after, yeah, I pulled into a parking lot and like, I fucking stood at that. I kicked the fucking shit. I just started kicking the car as hard as I could. And like, like I wanted to scream, but I didn't cause I didn't want to call attention to myself, but I just stood in this parking lot and kicked the fucking car as hard as I could. Cause <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it. I know that when antifreeze, that when there's a pool of fluids under the car, it's done. There's just, I know it's done. Yeah. You know? Stuff's supposed to, the, the liquids are supposed to stay inside. Yeah. If there's liquid on the ground, it's done. The goddamn car's done. I still have a visceral reaction to the water that comes out of the uh, exhaust when you use your air conditioning, uh -huh. the little drips. Yeah. I still have like a reaction to that. Cause I'm like, it's wet under the fucking car. What's going on? Like you, if you, if, if, if you ever drive with me a long distance, you will notice that every time I get out of the car, when I get home, or when I get to where I'm going, I look under the car and see if there's water or, or fluids under the car because of that day to that, that day is like, that's when I panic basically, which is way too late to panic. Yeah. But like that is when I panic. Like I, I remember when it first started clicking, I was like, Oh, it probably needs oil. That's why when my wife fucking starts saying like the car's making a noise, maybe it needs an oil change. 
I'm like, no, that's not what it is. That's not a solve to any problem. Yeah. But yeah. We're yeah, like, because we're such a, a million miles away from anything else. Petrol's like, it's, it's nearing like $3 yeah. a liter, which is um, like doing the maths. I think it's like $7.50 a gallon. It's real fucking expensive here. And like, you know, like food's so fucking expensive now as well. It's like inflation's like really actually like when you end up like getting a bit older, like I'm just in my thirties now and you actually have to pay notice for it because you're not just eating instant noodles, which, you know, will always be like 50 cents. Um, you know, it, it, it starts getting a bit scary. <laughs> and I think this year is going to be real nasty for it with all the like infrastructure, you know, collapsing across the world as people, you know, get outside of the um, pandemic or have like, you know, died. <laughs> it's, it's fucked up, man. Yeah. That's, that's Joe Brandon. He causes the inflation, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I know it's $7 a gallon. Like crazy. Yesterday, and they, yeah. they've got like, uh, let's go Brandon flags and like Trump flags and shit. And it's like, <laughs> New Zealand's so embarrassing. Cause we can't even create our own like embarrassing, uh, political culture. Like right. why are people processing yeah. Joe Biden in a, like real, in the dumbest way in Auckland? It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Yeah, let's go, Brad. <laughs> there used to be, uh, there used to be a group we followed uh, that Australian was Tea Party. Australian Tea Party. We used to follow, and they would go crazy about like um, halal food coming to Subway and shit like that. And they would post like, "Don't tread on the flags," <laughs> and like just pro-American politics stuff. And like they were fight, like fighting the good fight out there in Australia. They never posted about Australia either. Like, right. ever. It does seem like there are, like, the, the right wing throughout this whole world is all Trump people. Like, yeah, they're American United right wingers. Yeah. We, we have, like, you know, uh, uh, it's the same way that, like, a lot of people like Jeremy Corbyn in the United States, the right. same people like Bernie Sanders, like Jeremy Corbyn, yep. like that sort of squares for me, I guess it doesn't square for me that people in, in New Zealand, like Donald Trump, like Trump well, is a bizarre president. Because, like, you know why I mean? are people complaining about Joe Biden, even in the States, he's been a pretty fucking milk toast, middle of the road, democratic president. Like he's, he's not where I'd want the, the Democrats to be over there, but he's, he's, it's not like obscenely offensive. Um, it's just bizarre, well, really. Like, I'm gonna, Nick, I'm going to give you an American history lesson right now. You may be looking from the outside, think Joe Biden's like a moderate centrist guy, right? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, there's no such thing as that in America like none of the president like basically <laughs> half of the country is going to freak out no matter who the fucking president is it doesn't like it's for real like Joe Biden people are the you would think that Hitler is the president to right wing people and then whoever it's, wins it's funny because in like three years, in New Zealand it'll be the same right wing party uh firmly to the left of Joe Biden so why aren't they out there protesting <laughs> who we've got and 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 like you know yeah. our labor party which is our left-wing yeah. party which is in government at the moment like uh, you know like I, I suppose comparatively even though you know nowhere near my politics are firmly to the left of joe biden as well like it's 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 really fucking funny i think it's just because of QAnon, really 
um, there's a whole bunch of people who yeah. are claiming that, like, you know, Jacinda Ardern's a lizard person and, you know, um, it's been secretly arrested and replaced with a robot or some shit. You know, it's, it's, it's real QAnon shit. We got to get you. If you ever need help trying to get over to America where gas is $3 a gallon, I'd love to help you. Really <laughs> and a gallon, in my opinion, a gallon is more than a liter. So, yeah. And I tell you what, and I say this, you know, with all due respect, I, I'll take my paying for insurance as long as I'm paying less per gallon. <laughs> that is, <laughs> is I mean, that's the most American sentence. <laughs> <and shit? laughs> yeah. 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 I mean that, yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly it. Figure eight bus racing. <laughs> Gas is cheap so we can fucking do whatever we want with it. We just, we can pour it on, I mean, do pranks where, like, that scene in Zoolander is for real. Like, that is kind of how we act a lot of times. I mean, spraying it around, so. That's it. You it's know, really you funny because, like, car culture is definitely coming from the States here. Sorry about the delay again, but, like, our most popular cars are, like, you know, massive sort of American-style trucks. Like, they're smaller than, like, F-150s and stuff, but they're big Ford Rangers and shit. And it's just real funny because, like, petrol is so expensive here and the people who are driving them. It's like in the States. It's all, um, you know, office workers and stuff. Just really, really fucking funny. Because we used to be sensible about it and have, you I know, like, 1.2, 1.5 liter cars, but now it's all, like, 2.8 liter utes. It doesn't make any sense. I want to bring Nick over to the United States to stand next to like just an average truck you see in a parking lot. Yeah, the new <laughs> F-150 with a 55-inch tall hood height. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's lifted. Everything's like, yeah, I'm 5'11 and everything's taller than me. Well, Nick, anyway, man, this, this for, delay's getting thank you for calling. Up, so I'll leave you guys good to, to hear it. from you. Peace. All right. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Always bye happy bye. to hear from New Zealand. Yeah. $7 a liter, Brett. That's how much gas is. No, $7 a gallon. No, a liter over there. No, $3 a liter, seven fifty a gallon. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I Actually, what's really funny... It's petrol, too. Is it called petrol? petrol? Yeah, yeah. Is people are going to be listening to this podcast like tomorrow and for the rest of the week. And uh, they're they're going to think I was serious when I say a liter is more than a gal or a gallon is more than a liter in my opinion. It is. Like, they're gonna think that I really meant that. Like you could just say something like that in your opinion. So I'm just I'm letting you know I'm not that stupid. Okay, that's not fun. That's well, not fun for them. Don't treat them like don't you now you're treating them like they're stupid. Like you thought, oh, you assumed I was stupid. No, you're stupid. Yeah, you're stupid. You fell for it. Well, no, but that makes me feel better is when I tell them they're stupid. So Okay. Yeah. Whatever you need. All right. Let's do the next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hi guys, it's Calvin. Haven't talked in a while. Hey, what's up? What's How's up, it going? Can you hear me? Oh yeah. 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 Just, uh, uh, first things first. Um, I know, I know Brian, you lifelong Bengals fan. You must be so excited that your team's in the super bowl. <laughs> We've been, I, he's been waiting for this. Here's the thing. I am yeah, a lifelong Bengals fan, but I hadn't watched football for like five years. So it's kind of 
I'm excited as fuck. I cannot wait. That game was so fun to watch. Um, so I will at least watch. I said this on Twitter one day. I will probably be watching football for at least the next five years. Wow. Because, like, that's all it takes, dude. It takes, like, because I like football. Like, I've been watching it since 1989 when the Bengals played the 49ers in the Super Bowl was the first time I ever looked at a game and I saw the Bengals uniforms and I was like, those are the sickest uniforms in the entire league. Like yeah. the black ones. And like, uh, I was like, I'm just, I'm a fan of these guys. And plus I asked my dad who he liked and he said Cincinnati. So like I was a Bengals fan. And so I watched it, you know, through high school and for the first few years of my twenties and they stunk. So I quit watching. And then uh, I started watching again as an adult. I watched for like 10 years and they stunk. So I quit watching <laughs> and now they're good and I'm back, baby. You always, this yeah, is reminds uh, me of like when I, Daniel Bryan popped off and then you got into wrestling or yeah, like when, as soon as lost was <laughs> ended, like the, the day that lost was coming to a conclusion, you decided to watch all of lost. Yes. That was actually one of the smartest decisions I ever made. That was like very early in binge watching. Uh, uh -huh. And like when I started it, like people now will be like, I start it when it's over so I can watch the whole thing. I ain't no, but yes, I am late. I did. I started watching uh, wrestling the day after WrestleMania 30 on Monday. And I started watching, uh, but I've been back with wrestling for a, for uh seven years now right so uh i and okay. i don't think i'm going nowhere all right but i'm a bengals guy bengals all right who day who day it's well, who day uh, not bangles <laughs> well uh i don't know if there are any callers behind me but i do know that it's kind of getting towards the end of show night so i'm gonna keep it brief with what i had to say Cool. Um, so longtime listeners might remember me calling to talk a couple times before about how I hiked the Appalachian Trail. Yes, I remember. Yeah. And uh, so last time I called in, which I think was probably like at least a month ago, I mentioned I was doing another long distance trail that I am calling the Goblin's Curve. Ooh, how okay. long is it? Um, so it's about 1,800 miles long. For perspective, the AT is about 2,200. <laughs> so it's actually pretty comparable length. 18, how um, do you, basically, I, I, I know we're running out of time. How did you plan it? How do you plan something? Like from the beginning, you don't have to give us a big detailed thing, but is the Goblin's Curve a new tour because I, I i and i'm gonna i'll do a real quick i watched this show on hbo called generation hustle and it's just eight different uh um it's eight different uh documentaries like 45 minutes long of people who got caught basically scamming people young people though like it, it like basically is from like 2015 on and one of the guys that scammed people oh it's so genius what he did, right? He got involved on this website called, I don't remember what it's called, but it's for people who like 
they call themselves extreme travelers, right? And like, like the guys, like the first guy you see is like, I've been to a hundred night. I've been to every country in the world. And you know, the, like it's all these people that get really into traveling. And he got involved on this website and uh, started putting together expeditions because he just figured out that like people just want somebody to tell them where to go. Uh, and he just started <laughs> lying about where he had traveled. And he literally fucking did a bunch of them, but it was a Ponzi scheme. And uh, his lifestyle, the way he was living at a country club and like, his lifestyle was just such like he could have been a legit business, but his lifestyle was such that he made he didn't make enough money to cover his fucking lifestyle. Yeah, that's easy to do. But well, that's how I live too. I <laughs> yeah. mean, not at those numbers, not in a six figures. Yeah, eight, that's eight, yeah, figures. that's true. <laughs> yeah, I but, would I'm can be satiated eventually. I eventually I'd be like, all right, this is a little excessive what I'm doing here. Yeah, and I'll just treat it like a business, dude. I don't need to, like, if if I'm doing something successful, because he had all these people on the hook for, like, trips to, like, you know, uh, Bosnia, and, like, they, they were taking a trip to, like, uh, the Antarctica and shit like that. And that's why I brought it up, because, like, a lot of these people were just people with money that fucking wanted to go to these very remote places mm -hmm. that that hardly anybody goes to or that are dangerous or they did a lot of like the disaster tourism and shit but like people were willing to give him six figures to get on a trip to like antarctica or something like that just because they didn't want to fucking figure out how to get there but they wanted to get there yeah and so like it seems like a real skill to come up with your own walking trail so I will, I will briefly sum it up. So the AT, like the planning is different because like it's right there for you. So many people have done it. Um, this one, I'm stitching together a bunch of already existing kind of long distance trails into a combination that itself hasn't been done before. Um, basically, I'll be starting at the leave? Intracoastal Waterway near next week, which is why I wanted to call. Oof, okay. Intercoastal Waterway, where's that? Um, so basically at the Atlantic Ocean near Charleston. Ooh, so I'll be okay. taking, a, so I'll be walking all the way across South Carolina, essentially. And once I'm done with that, okay. I'm going to stay on trail, like in the mountains for a bit and cut a little bit north up toward the Smokies. Oh, okay. and from the Smoky that's, Mountains, that's some high terrain. Yep. And so from the Smoky Mountains, um, at some point I will turn east and start walking across North Carolina all the way to the Outer Banks. Nice. Okay. So is, is you're leaving next week to do, yeah. isn't it cold? Where you're going? <laughs> like, are you doing this on purpose in the cold because you don't well, like to be hot? You're, I mean, that's perfectly reasonable. Well, explanation. basically, yeah, it is. It is cold, but so my rationale was that I'm going to be beginning and ending this thing like 
in some pretty swampy areas. And I want to get through with that before it gets hot, because then that can get really unpleasant. Like mosquitoes are everywhere. It's humid as hell. So I figured I would rather just suck it up and deal with cold now. Really? How do you camp? Like you, you're camping. So you're outside. Yes, A1, yeah. C1, A1, B. Yes, Brian does love to hear about other people walking. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, Black Calderon in the chat, yes, um, the Mountains of Sea Trail in North Carolina will be what my guideline for that part. Um, it's not yet fully done. There will be some parts where I just have to walk on roads, which is going to suck, but... That's... That's um, so cool. I, I really call us while you're on a trip. Called it a trip. Uh, yeah, for like sure. I'll keep y'all posted. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug where to follow it real quick. That's cool. Yeah, go for it. All right. Um, so we are. I'm sorry, my cat is messing with me right now. Um. So I'm posting it from two accounts, both on Instagram. One is my personal, which is M-O-R-N-I-N Hayes, H-A-Y-S, like morning without the G, then Hayes, H-A-Y-S. And I also created an account specifically just for like daily journals and such, which is Goblin Curve, both of which spelled the normal way. Okay. The Goblin Curve. We're establishing that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I'll be the first. And so I'll be, I'm going to try like post daily onto the Goblin Curve account. And yeah, I uh, hope, hope uh, Street Fight wants to see some weird stuff. Um, you can give me a follow on bo- both of those. And maybe I'll come, you'll get to a point where I start begging y'all for money, but I think I'm good right now. And if you ever walk through Ohio, I will take a leg with you there. I would love to walk with somebody. <laughs> that would be really cool. Well, Brian, you so know, just you know there you actually know is well, a trail that goes. I do want to say real quick before we go, there is a trail that goes all the way around Ohio called the Buckeye Trail. So that could be a future battle. Oh, yeah. That could be a future Brian idea. That seems doable <laughs> to me. If somebody follows yeah, me in a car. Yeah, basically just goes around the perimeter. Is, I, the, yeah, the big complaint I have about like that kind of walking is that I would need my wife and kid to like meet up with me at least like twice a week, I think. But other than that, I'm I'm like good. I'm going to have to be rich before. So I a helicopter. Mm-hmm. So you'll, you'll, you're, you're going to walk for a whole year and then helicopter your family in twice a week. Yes, that sounds like a perfect way to do things. Well, Goblin, thanks for calling, and uh, keep us posted. Yeah, for sure. I'll be. In, I'll keep give you some updates. Nice, cool. So it's it's right, Cincinnati versus the Rams. Peace, Cincinnati mm-hmm. versus the Rams for Super Bowl. So very amped right when now. When is last time has, has those people ever been? Uh, the the Bengals have uh, the Rams. Yeah, I've seen the Rams play in a Super Bowl. This is exciting. I'm very excited. All right. 
Let's get it. Last Let's call. Win. To All take right, them all. last call, baby. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh, yes, I'm the last one. This is Bobby, the bartender from Seattle. Oh, yes. Bobby! What is up? <laughs> oh, my gosh, my friend. What are you all doing? How's it going? Just, uh, you know, casting our asses off. We're doing great. It, it's good. It's good to hear from you. How are you doing? More importantly, everybody gets to hear how we're doing twice a week. Um, well, let's see here. Well, this little black gay kid is um, out here conquering the uh, what's it called? The property management scene here in Seattle. <sighs> you know, repositioning, okay, learning. Um, Cause you got to kind of, you know what they say, you need to know your enemy. You got to like know your enemy before you can, you know, take them on. So. Yeah. Property management that you're not like a landlord. If you do that though, that is like, you're more of like um, just a worker. <laughs> you're like working on stuff for landlords. Exactly. So, you know, my whole thing is, well, how does this whole thing work? Because I kind of need to see it from the inside before you can kind of explain it to the people on the outside uh, because it makes no sense, right? Like renewal notices, increases, um, all the things that people deal with, with their property management. How do you know what it is until you get inside and see how, see the books, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, all that stuff is you, you can't really just, you can't just read about it. You can't, mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't study it. Like you just have to really jump into it to understand what the fuck is, how they're screwing us over, the language that's being used, uh, the the way they're cutting corners, all that stuff. I I really feel like I've learned a. I I feel like both me and Brett learned a lot when he was doing the uh, mystery shopping. Like it was really an eye opening thing hearing hearing about what the job was and what you had to do. You know what I mean? Or or what they're being judged mm -hmm. against so uh, like any of that kind of thing is like it is interesting to see how these things work at the very least and and yeah uh, dot calm in the chat said property management is basically a landlord outsourcing the labor of owning property and yeah i i learned about that uh in my first downtown apartment uh i thought i was renting it from a place and it, they were like, we don't fucking own it, man. We just work for the landlord. <laughs> and I'd never right. met the landlord or oh, yeah. heard a single word from him. So, okay. So I, uh, so I was cleaning. So I have a cleaning business. So I was cleaning for this clinic in this building in Seattle. Uh, and it's like a, it was a, it's a newer building that was done in like 2016. And I just so happened to like run into the new property manager uh, while I was trying to actually quit. I was going to like end my contract with them. And she's like, you know, I'm looking for an assistant. I was like, you know what? I think I could probably pull this off. So, you know, I like threw together uh, a resume real fast and send it over. And the manager and I kind of like vibed. So we worked it out. And I, and so it's for this company, which I mean, of course, are all these like, Companies that have managed for all of these different properties, they're all just like leeches. They're just third party, you know, middleman that um, 
that are running these properties for these uh, developers. And I get to see like how they're putting all these fees on and, you know, where these like the renewal amounts are coming from. Cause so like in Seattle, uh, everyone's getting these renewals. Now the moratorium is over and people are like, you know, they're getting $500 increases, $400 increases. And they're like, what is going on? Like, this isn't fair. This doesn't make any sense. And I keep trying to tell people like everything can be negotiated. None of those prices are real. Um, I've talked to all the people in this business who come up with those prices and they're all just like computer generated just to see if people are going to pay it. No way. So is it, let me ask you this. And, and I've never considered this in my life is, is the initial rent negotiable or is that like a hard price? Absolutely. So I tell people, okay, so right. I've been doing this now for two and a half months. Okay. Two and a half months. Let me tell you what I've gotten in two and a half months that the market rent price. So when you see something and it's a market rent price. So for instance, in my building, I've got a one bedroom. The market rent for it is 1900. It's on the fourth floor. Um, that is just an AI price. It is not real. A computer came up with it. And it's based off of all of the input from people who are searching. So there's this group called the CoStar Group. They're one of the big ones. And they um, own like apartments.com, hot pads. They do all of that. So they're collecting all of your data, right? They know who's searching in what area and what time of day, how much money they have, where they work. They're going back to your email addresses. And that's how they decide. That's how the computer decides how much the market rent is going to be for where you're, for where you're looking at. Oh God. That's I, I, yeah. that is, mm -hmm. and, and, I but <laughs> I, I don't, I've never asked for less money for my, I've never been like, actually, I want to oh, pay this can. amount to see if they would do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, the way I rent an apartment is I basically, I go to a management company and I'd say, I'd like the most expensive apartment you have. And they give me the best one. <laughs> is that how it works for me? <laughs> that's so bright. That's, that's how I do black things. Black tea that's like, that's like streetwear. And he comes with like a black tea as like a welcoming gift. <laughs> You absolutely. Actually, I, I, I got, I actually got my apartment just because I happened to be lucky enough to be driving by when I saw the for rent sign and they were trying to rent to the first person that fucking called. That's how I got mine. That's smart. That's how, that's usually the best way to do it is, you know, to find like an independent place where you can, I don't know where it's like, you know, it's not a building, like everything now are these, uh, these cheap, they're called like five over ones or whatever. It's like these cheap uh, five over one that those five, six story buildings. Uh, they're cheaply constructed. You can hear everything in the hallways and all that stuff. And they want all this money because they have a, a couple of Pelotons in the gym and a rooftop deck. So. <laughs> oh, I want to do a Peloton though. I, I, I did a spinning bike and I was like, I'm ready to do a fucking Peloton now. They don't have any at the gym I go to, but yeah. But so that is the other thing. Cause like, I don't trust a lot of that stuff. Like the fact that they say like, 
hey, there's an arcade, which I don't know what arcade means. I've never Googled what it means, but you drive by a lot of these apartment complexes and they'll say they have an arcade and a theater. And mm -hmm. it's like, nobody uses that shit. Like, you don't have to put that there. Nobody is ever going to go hang out in the rental office, where, um, wherever the pool table the is. The GOAT. There's yeah. a, there's a, there is a, an apartment complex that had a bar inside of it called The GOAT, and they would get like the local radio station to come and do parties and stuff. And I knew someone that lived at the, the complex and was like, no way, we're not going to go to the bar at the complex. That's for losers. Like, who, how, yeah. why would you do that? Because, you know, we found out what me and Katie found out is that, like, a lot of them, you can, like, run a tab on your rent and just pay oh, it at the end of the month. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> I need that. I wish Eldos did yep. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, we looked at a place that had a bar in the complex, and they were like, and you can just add it to your rent and it's like we would be fucking broke man if there was food at that place i would probably they would be like my fucking hello fresh yes like stop there Bro, every like day in the airport food. it's like eating in the airport that's how expensive it, it has to be eating in the airport expensive <laughs> it is it has to be it, it. I never looked at the prices because we didn't end up staying in the in the complex. Yeah, it's an apartment I, complex. They're going to try to sell you a one dollar hamburger for ten dollars. Yes. <laughs> like one of those fucking frozen burgers you see at the grocery store. And it's like, this will be ten dollars, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. There are so yeah, many. I just wanted to like give some amenities. tips to people. Like I just wanted people to know how like how screwed they are. I just want people to understand that. The more that you, the more searching you do, right? The more places you sign up for, the more apps you download, just know that like you are contributing. It's almost like house buying, you know, in Seattle where, you know, it's like these companies, they know where to, they keep buying up everything because they know exactly where you're looking. So all the prices, everything is based on, they, they need you to feed the system kind of in a oh, way. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, so... Yeah, so I want people to understand that yeah, like, they're using they're, don't feed the system. <laughs> yeah, there are so many people that like uh, don't have a down payment for a house but have the Zillow app and they relax at the end of the night by searching for houses. My daughter, but, my wife. But all that attention is just they're just using that data to figure out where the next boom town is going to be is what you're saying. That's right. Yep. And how much to charge there? Because what you're doing essentially is you're allowing, when you're doing all that searching in the area, what it says is that, oh, so uh, let's say like this area, Columbus. Okay. A lot of people are looking around and over there. So how's about, we'll get a bunch of investors. We'll get, we'll contact our, our investors. Cause you know, they're all owned by a couple of groups. So that group, sells that information, they say, okay, now let's buy up this area, start buying up all the property, start putting some five over ones that have like an axe throwing, you know, bar in the bottom of it or whatever, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like a dominoes and like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you yep. know, let's make it where they got like the, like those Christmas lights going across the, the fucking street. Like that's what they're going to do. That is, that is fucking, I am like, I makes never, sense. My wife spends all night on Zillow too. She is just she's making rent more expensive for everybody on Zillow. You know, looking downtown. We get to move in two years. She's like, I gotta fucking look at these apartments, baby. 
She shoot herself in the foot. I know she is. That's bullshit. And everything she wants is like, I don't know. Actually, what's funny, Bobby, is we have mixed use developments here where uh, Mm -hmm. they'll have like a Chipotle in the lobby sort of thing, like on the bottom floor. Mm -hmm. And part of when they are part of when they're trying to lease them at the beginning to fill the place up. I saw this on uh, Ohio State campus. It said uh, free Starbucks and Chipotle. Like, I think it was like free weekly Starbucks and Chipotle because your fucking lobby is a Starbucks and a Chipotle. And like, it's so weird that that, that, like, there are buildings where it's just like, hey, there's a Wendy's downstairs so you get a junior bacon cheeseburger once a week. (laughs) Yeah. Go grab one. Get a Crunchwrap Supreme. That's legit. That's how it is. That, <laughs> Somewhere that's how else. Is. We have a Domino's and a clinic down in the in the downstairs or whatever. And we have a safe. There's like another building just like it across the street. And they have um, a grocery store beneath theirs. So it just makes it where our building, like the building that I work for, because I'm the assistant manager, it just like stays. We stay occupied at least like 95%. Everyone wants to be right there. I mean, when you're, when, when, if you told me when I was 10 that like I could get an apartment with a McDonald's in the uh, lobby area, I would have said that's exactly where I'm living. That yeah. my plan is to live where the McDonald's is. <laughs> like a Domino's pizza, forget about it. I would, uh, that's a dream to me. I love Domino's pizza. I don't eat it for people saying, oh, you're gross. You, I haven't had Domino's in several years, but. Every time I have it, I'm like, damn, Domino's has it, man. They know how to make a pizza. So, Dude, okay, let me, you, let me just say that the hardest, I can't tell what's more difficult, right? I don't know what's worse. Is it, I can't tell what's worse. Is this shitty ass, like, you know, this management company I work for, which I, I absolutely like hate, but I just need to learn a little bit more before I move on. Or if it's the residents that are, you know, like the 60% of my, of the residents in the building that have never lived on their own, that worked in tech, it's their very first job. They make um, 140,000 a year and they think that like I'm their concierge. I can't, I I still can't decide which one's worse. (laughs) Actually, there's an apartment complex here not an apartment complex it's condos but it's in a big building always dreamed about living in a building and uh as a kid i just i i didn't want a yard i always wanted to live in a building uh they said on the thing that they had concierge and i was like i have to live in that place because my like having concierge like right there oh i can't think of anything cooler than that that would be like the greatest thing to me they also said that continental breakfast which i never eat continental breakfast at a hotel but for some reason that was a huge selling point for me when i was think when we were thinking about moving there i'm like dude they got continental breakfast so that's whole one whole meal we don't even have to buy anymore <laughs> yeah take care of that's on the rent that's we pay for that on the first yeah well bobby that's it's dope. good to hear that's from dope. you i'm sure we try uh, to do that thank you all so much <laughs> Have a great night, Bobby. You too. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Okay, bye bye. Appreciate it. Peace. Yeah, my um, dude, my uh, place has been trying to get me to resign, and I'm like real salty about it because 
they stayed up in that office all day with like the fresh cookies for like whenever you show up for the first time to sign or whatever. But other than that, they just put fucking pieces of paper on my door with highlighter on them in like a really aggressive fashion. Yeah. Like, like nobody called me on the phone and was like, hey, we like that you've been paying on time every single month and want to talk to you about re-signing. They just send me like, if you do not re-sign by February 25th, your rent will increase $400. You will go month to month. And it's just basically, it sounds like a big deadline. It sounds like a threat. I fucking hate it. It makes me want to leave. I'm like, what are you doing down there? Why don't you come down here and knock on my fucking door? I would sign this thing right then. Just bring the paperwork to my fucking house. I don't, I, it's, it's probably not street fight, but I, I'm fine with that. That's who I am these days. It's just That's like, why the, why the fuck is this person sitting down there in that office? If you're just going to send me automated pieces of paper once a month on my fucking door and threaten me to resign. Yeah, I mean, they're really there, I think, for new residents to yeah. pull in. But that's not any help for you. You're, uh, they should be taking care of you, too. But they're like, we already got him. Right, exactly. <laughs> we already scammed this motherfucker. He's stuck. Yeah, we already got him. So we don't have to worry about that. We'll just be aggressive to him, you know. I think a lot of times places where the, where the rents may be more reasonable also assume that a lot of their residents are like younger and you can really you can really like get a lot out of young people if you're aggressive with them you know yeah like, that's true just, they don't know no better yeah yeah they always i mean you know we've talked about it before but the first notice to vacate the premises you're packing up because you're right. like what the hell i gotta leave somebody this... that's an old head old broke head has to tell you like no that takes like 30 days or 90 yeah. days to evict somebody wait until the sheriff or you got to go to court or something like don't just yeah. voluntarily do it make them move you i got a fucking one time i moved into this apartment i lived there for i don't know three months i think or four months maybe at the time and uh the rental office like fills out a paper thing and sticks it to my door and it said hey uh we didn't have you we didn't set up the electric in your name or something like that happened some oversight happened and uh we weren't getting any electric bills so we weren't paying any electric bills Makes and sense. then they had it something happened where they were supposed to set it up for us uh we got our first bill like six months in and it was nine hundred dollars yeah and we couldn't get them to cut us a break on it at all because they were like well i mean you should have asked where your electric bill is. And I'm like, no, I don't, <laughs> I'm not going looking for bills. <laughs> it just yeah. freaked me out, but it really, I mean, the, the electric company, obviously we talked about this recently. They, they sort of have to work with you. So they ended up working with us doing like a budget, you know, you, you do the thing, but it was super expensive for like nine months. But I just remember the rental office telling us that, 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 you know, they're going to send you a bill to get all that money back. And it's like, fuck, man. I think if you don't get a bill in the goddamn mailbox, then they can't charge you for it. That's just how I feel. Yeah, absolutely. That's a controversial statement. Well, that is the show. It is indeed. Hey, we took the calls. Uh, let me solicit something real quick. So the latest, um, the latest show we're doing on the Patreon is called I'm Sorry. 
and we are going to be listening and talking about different things that people have had to publicly apologize for. Um, if you know of any good public apologies, please get a hold of me and send me uh, send them to me because I would love to cover some more off the beaten path weird ones than just what's in my head. For what I'm sorry, I'm sorry, so sorry. Yeah, it's a hell of a fun show, though. Uh, so, all right, we'll see you. We'll see you Wednesday. We will. Peace.